From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., newly elected Republican State Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahue is making some headlines. Last week, he talked about one of his legislative priorities for 2021. He says he wants to pass a bill early next year, soon after the new Republican-controlled legislature is seated, that would allow clerks to begin counting absentee ballots before Election Day. Lemahue tried to get a bill to this effect passed earlier this year. It had bipartisan support but failed because some Republican lawmakers opposed it. What do you think the chances are of such a bill passing this time? It depends on what they pair it with. Um, as you, you know, watched the post-election events unfold in Wisconsin, you've seen more and more Republican lawmakers calling for quote-unquote election integrity. I haven't really defined that, but there's a sense that some of what they're going to push will be things that President Trump was unhappy about how we ran the election in Wisconsin. So if you have a bill that's by itself would allow clerks to begin processing ballots for election day, I don't think that would have much of a problem getting passed. However, if it's paired with things like changes to the status of those who are indefinitely confined or the advice that the Elections Commission has given local clerks, they can fill in missing information on absentee ballot envelopes from witnesses, such as their zip codes, things like that. If there are changes that try to uh, create new, new restrictions or, or new checks on people if they're registered properly, those kinds of things, I don't know that the governor would go along with that. So again, it just depends what it's paired with. And if it's paired with things that Democrats aren't going to go along with, then that change won't happen. Lemahieu also sent an open letter to Democratic Governor Tony Evers last week asking him to support changes to Wisconsin's election process. Lemahieu cited a recent day-long assembly committee hearing in which many of President Trump's claims of widespread election fraud in Wisconsin were brought up. What do you think might come from this hearing? Do you think other bills designed to make changes to Wisconsin's election process will be proposed? Oh, it's clear that Republicans are going to push for some kind of, again, election integrity uh, bill. Uh, What's going to be in it just yet, I'm not sure. But think back to the Supreme Court decision, uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court decision, that rejected President Trump's lawsuits he can throw out about 221,000 ballots in Wisconsin that were cast in Dana-Milwaukee counties. That decision didn't really get at the merits of the Trump campaign's lawsuit. However, in a concurring opinion to his majority opinion, uh, Justice Brian Hagedorn kind of laid out where he's at um, in terms of these things. And essentially, his point was that the challenges to the uh, absentee ballot envelope that doubles as a uh, request, written request for absentee ballot for those who vote early in person, that there was no, nothing to that challenge from the Trump campaign, that uh, the indefinitely, or sorry, the advice that clerks are getting about um, providing information, you know, about filling in missing information from witnesses, that's not a problem. That Madison's democracy in the park, that that was not an issue. If you look at that concurring opinion, it doesn't carry the weight of the full court or a, a court decision. It does give a roadmap of where a similar challenge would end up if it came up. So if you're a Democrat, you look at that concurring opinion and go, well, the court as currently constituted really agrees with what we like, you know, what we liked about how the election was run. The 
the ways that were you know thought of to try and help make sure people could have their votes counted. So I don't get the impression that Democrats are really excited about the idea of doing things like rejecting absentee ballots if they have if a witness is missing his or her zip code, for example, on the ballot. I don't get the impression Democrats want to do something like that. So I don't know that there's going to be a, a bipartisan agreement on something that would make that kind of a change. Meanwhile, Wisconsin U.S. Senator Ron Johnson continued to press the election issue. The chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee held an investigative hearing on whether election fraud occurred here and in other swing states. Many of the claims that President Trump had aired before the courts that were rejected were aired at this hearing. So what was the purpose of this hearing, and do you think anything will come from it? Oh, it's clear that Republicans are going to push for some kind of, again, election integrity uh, bill. Uh, what's going to be in it just yet, I'm not sure. But think back to the Supreme Court decision, uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court decision that rejected President Trump's lawsuits that he can throw out about 221,000 ballots in Wisconsin that were cast in Dana-Milwaukee counties. That decision didn't really get at the merits of the Trump campaign's lawsuit. However, in a concurring opinion to his majority opinion, uh, Justice Brian Hagedorn kind of laid out where he's at um, in terms of these things. And essentially his point was that the challenges to the uh, absentee ballot envelope that doubles as a uh, request, written request for absentee ballot for those who vote early in person, that there was no, nothing to that challenge from the Trump campaign, that uh, the indefinitely, or sorry, the advice that clerks are getting about um, providing information, you know, about filling in missing information from witnesses, that's not a problem, that Madison's democracy in the park, that that was not an issue. If you look at that concurring opinion, it doesn't carry the weight of the full court or a, a court decision. It does give a roadmap of where a similar challenge would end up if it came up. So if you're a Democrat, you look at that concurring opinion and go, well, the court, as currently constituted, really agrees with what we like, you know, what we liked about how the election was run, the, the ways that were you know, thought of to try and help make sure people could have their votes counted. So I don't get the impression that Democrats are really excited about the idea of doing things like rejecting absentee ballots if they have, if a witness is missing his or her zip code, for example, on the ballot. I don't get the impression Democrats want to do something like that. So I don't know that there's going to be a, a bipartisan agreement on something that would make that kind of a change. And finally, a report from the Wisconsin Policy Forum last week shows the state could be looking at a $2 billion budget shortfall over the next two years. Governor Tony Evers is expected to deliver his budget proposal for the two-year period in February. What might be the causes of this projected deficit, and what kind of cuts do you think Evers will propose in order to plug it? Well, uh, that deficit that they're talking about assumes that the state's not going to spend any of its quote-unquote reserves. Um, there is going to be a rainy day fund that's going to be about $750 million roughly at the end of this fiscal year. But we're also going to end this fiscal year with a $1.2 billion surplus. Now, it's a projection. Things can change the next six months. But the projection is we're going to have that surplus. So while the policy work considers that a reserve, the reality is I've never seen a legislature or a governor finish a, a budget with a surplus and not either seek to spend it or to send it back to taxpayers in forms of a tax break. So it's not really a $2 billion shortfall. The second thing is um, that shortfall is really predicated upon the idea that, you know, agencies are going to get everything they ask for in their budget request. That never happens. So what I'm going to expect to happen is that Governor Evers is going to take the agency budget request 
we'll pair them back. Um, for example, the Department of Public Construction is asking for $1.6 billion in new general purpose revenue just for itself, just for school aids and those kinds of things. You know, that's a very aggressive request. Um, I don't think Governor Evers is going to grant all of it. So if you shave some of that off, that helps address some of the, the imbalance between expected revenues and um, what we have in the bank or expected to have in the bank versus agency request. Now, there are a couple of caveats to that, though. One, um, Department of Health Services is requesting, seeking additional federal money to expand the Medicaid program through the Affordable Care Act. Now, Republicans have rejected this proposal a string of times in recent years, also pulled out of Governor Evers' budget last time. Um, I don't get the impression they're interested in that idea this time either, but if they do that, it adds another $590 million, roughly, to the imbalance. So I expect Governor Evers will present a balanced budget in February that expands Medicaid, but Republicans will likely reject that piece. They'll have to find more money then to balance the budget, and where do they go to find it? So they'll be interesting, the, um, the choices they make, but it's also going to be kind of a political document because this is the budget that Governor Evers will run for election on. So... Uh, how is that negotiation going to work with a Republican leg uh, legislature that uh, majorities remain in place and they think Governor Evers is maybe not in the strongest position for re-election in two years? So are they going to work with him or try to you know, put their real stamp on the budget and then dare Evers to veto the document, which you know, he didn't do last time, but is there something that could happen in this budget that would push him to the point where he vetoed the entire thing, which hasn't happened I don't know how long in Wisconsin? That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.